And grab a seat, kids, heading downstairs. And uh, if you're an adult and you want to head downstairs, you're welcome to do that too. Man, if you're a kid and you want to stay up here, you can do that. No problem. Glad you guys are here. Man, I, I was getting a lot of phone calls and texts this morning of people who are under the weather, people who are out of town, people other... And I was thinking, man, nobody's going to be here, man. Now, I'm glad you're here. And I do, I meant to tell you, I like your new hairdo. I am jealous because I've had this mop top my entire life, man. And uh, I'd love to have some curly hair, man. They can't do that to mine. You know that? But anyways. All right. So uh, anyways, I'm glad you guys are here Um, because it's no fun to preach without you here. We did that all during COVID, man. Uh, in fact, uh, Scott, uh, I was walking around the island, Wesley's Island, and I was telling Julia, I think it was Julia on uh, Wednesday or so, I was like, yep, this is the Barking Beagle spot right here where Scott listened to the message online and knew that was his church. And uh, so, yeah, we were right there. But it was no fun preaching, uh, you know, to a camera necessarily. It was great. I'm great. Glad, glad to have you guys. I am grateful you guys are here. And uh, and it, you remember when COVID, you know, the restriction kind of lifted, but windmill wasn't open, and we decided we were going to have a uh, worship service out on the beach, uh, down at Blue Heron Beach down there. Was anybody there at that service that's here right now? What is the number one thing you remember from that service? Tell me, tell me. And you can be car- what? Uh, on the count of three, y'all all say it all at once. One, two, three. No Seams, man. Oh, my goodness. We were like, yeah, we're going to have a worship service out on the beach. And we had this nice little area. But, dude, no Seams. We were grateful to be together, but there were no Seams. How many of y'all are familiar? Have you ever heard of no Seams? Anybody heard of no Seams before? Yeah. How many of y'all love no Seams? How many of y'all think they are straight from the pit of hell? <laughs> yeah. In fact, I have, man, for six and a half years, I had Bible studies out on the beach at first boardwalk down there at the jetty. And, uh, and man, there were some mornings, those mornings that when it's just dead calm in the summer and the west, gentle west wind is blowing them out of the mangroves and there's no escape. Have anybody, am I, I got goosebumps thinking about this. Can anybody identify with me where you have been just covered with no seams? And, and dude, it's no mind over matter thing. When I was little, dude, I'd scratch them and get welts. I've had enough nocium poison in my body. I don't get welts anymore, but they still itch. Oh my goodness, where you're sucking them in in your nostrils and in your mouth, and they don't even have a flavor. At least they had a flavor. I, I like food, so I'd, be, I'd find something good about them. And man, one Bible study, we were there, and somebody was like, why in the world did God make noceums? And we were all debating that and thinking, well, the only maybe possible reason God made no CMs is so that we're grateful when they're not there. I mean, I can't think of another. Who, eat, who eats no CMs? What eats no? I don't know. They're there. They're wings and their teeth, and they've been in Florida a long time. And uh, how many of y'all are old enough to remember jealousy windows? Those jealousy windows? Yeah, those were not no CM proof, dude. If you ever slept at the beach with jealousy windows, which many of y'all grew up there, Dude, you just lived with no seams, or you wrapped yourself in a wool blanket and sweat to death at night, but you had to pick your poison on that. But man, can you imagine if there really was a no seam repellent? You're like, oh, there is. The guy down at the market selling iguana oil. Oh, no, they've got a new little oil here. They've got, dude, wait, you go trust that oil. We go way back, dude. How many of y'all remember Skin So Soft? That was the, that was the panacea, dude. Avon Skin So Soft. And you know what it really was? It was like a 
30 weight oil that you put on your body. <laughs> that, it wasn't the smell, dude. It's the oil that as soon as the noceum hits it, they drown. But as soon as that oil starts thinning out, dude, man, they're right on you, dude. And there's plenty left over after the other ones drown. They're like the kamikazes that take it for the team, right? Everybody keeps coming up with these you know, different oils, a guan oil, this oil, that oil, and you pay big bucks for it. If you're new to Florida, don't get suckered in. Just go buy you some Crisco and wipe it on your something. It's going to last as long, man. It, 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 you'll be like, no, no, it really does work. It will work. It's like Satan, man. It works, and it works, and it works until you trust it, until now you feel confident, and then, boom, it doesn't work. Now, all of a sudden, there's a noceum party on your body, and they have invented all, they've invited all the noceums, and they are eating you alive. I promise you, it does not work. But what if there really was a noceum repellent? Would there be anybody interested in it? I mean, if it was guaranteed, would y'all be interested? Would you buy it? And let me ask you a question. How much of it would you put on your body? Chris, would, how much, where, where would you put it on your body? Nowhere. You wouldn't put it anywhere? If there really was one? What, are you sadistic and you like no Sims? Oh, I didn't say bug spray. I'm not talking about like, like DDT and all that stuff. It's all natural, Chris. <laughs> it's like, it's a, you, eat, take a, you eat it, you know, like garlic, and it sweats out your body, and they're just like, ooh, I don't want any of that. I'm, I, I'm not messing with him. If there was a noceum repellent, how many of y'all, man, if there was one, where would you put it? Yeah. Would, I, I, I was thinking Chris was going to say, well, right up here, I kind of like the way it feels when they, you know, don't, I would cover everything but right there, just let them collect right there, you know. What, oh, wait, I'm just going to lit. I'm, I'm only going to get my left leg, not my right leg. Wouldn't it be ridiculous if you had a noceum repellent? Where would you put it? And when would you put it there? All the time, especially when you are in prime noceum territory. And you know what? That reminds me a lot of the spiritual armor of God. That's where we're at now in Ephesians chapter 6, in the spiritual armor. And it doesn't say in there, Paul's not telling us that, oh, you might have spiritual battles one day. No, he guarantees it. You're going to have spiritual battles. And the only thing that you can do to succeed in these battles is to put on the armor of God. And, 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 and that's it. That's the only thing that you can do. So if you're going to have spiritual battles and you're going to put on the armor of God, how much of the armor of God are you going to put on? All of it. And when are you going to put it on? All the time. Because whatever part you don't put on, what's going to happen? Yeah, you're going to get attacked there. Whenever you don't have it, you're going to get attacked then. You've always got to have it. But most believers, have they don't know what it is. We don't know. We have, we have Halloween costumes that show us the helmet and the shield and the sword, and we teach it to kids. But most of our theology about the armor of God doesn't go much beyond the entry-level theology that the kids get. How do you put on the armor of God? How many of y'all put the armor? I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to like embarrass or whatever. I'm talking to even myself. When it says put on the whole armor of God all the time, what does that mean? If we're supposed to do it and that's our only defense against spiritual attacks that we are guaranteed to have as we live in this world, man, we got to really understand what this is. And we started last week and, you, and some of you are like, well, when are you going to get to the armor? Well, there's a point ahead of getting to the armor that, that, that makes it possible to put the armor on. So take a look at this. We're looking at the armor of God and 
And you have to take in context the entire book of Ephesians that we have preached through. And so in Ephesians, what we said last week is that when you take your spiritual wealth, which is what we learned about in chapters 1 through 3, you take the spirit, that, in chapters 1 through 3, go back and read it again. He says, man, you are born again. God the Father picked you. Hey, how long ago did God the Father, Skylar, how long did God the Father pick you for his team? Before you were even thought of, man. Yeah, he picked you from eternity for his team. So he picked you. Who purchased you? Hey, Spencer, who purchased you? Christ purchased you, right? So, yeah, God, God, that's the answer. There you go. You're learning from him over here. Did he tell you that answer? Gavin just said, tell, say God. God's always the answer in case you're sleeping, right? All right, Gavin's got it, man. So, so God the Father picked you. Jesus Christ purchased you with his blood. Who is the other part of the Trinity that's protecting you, y'all? The Holy Spirit of God. He's preserving you. He's, picked, he's put it down. He's the down payment. And, and how long are you saved for? Forever. These are the things that you learn in um, the chapters 1 through 3 that we spent a long time preaching through of just some of the things we have. It says we have all spiritual blessings. In fact, right here, did y'all see my bucket? This is my bucket full of all spiritual blessings. This is uh, the wealth that I have in Christ. You say, well, it doesn't look like much in there. No, because I don't have it until I, I have it, but you don't really see it until you start using it. If you never use it, you don't really know what you have. It's not recognizable until you actually decide you're going to do something with it. And how many of y'all have ever seen spiritual wealth in your life? Yeah, it's when you get put in a position and you're going to actually use it. It's not something that, oh, hey, here's my little bucket of wealth I'm carrying around in life. Yep, you know what? I'm living for myself right now. Oh, I'll go to church. I might go to Bible study. All right, I'm going to pray. I'm going to keep a little, you know, I'll keep God in my back pocket. All right? Anybody know somebody who keeps God in their back pocket? Did you ever see him in the mirror? Hopefully not. I'm just saying, I got God in my back pocket, but he's back there. I got my spiritual bucket. You know what? When I get in a situation so tough that I can't get through it in my own resources, Oh, I got a spiritual bucket. Let me pull this out and now use it. That's not what Christianity is. This is all or nothing, man. Wait till you see in here in Scripture. So you, this is your bucket of wealth that you have in Christ. And here's what he tells us in verse 4 and 5. He says, now that you have this wealth, now that you know what you have in Christ and you've got an eternal home in heaven, it's guaranteed done deal. No one can take it from you. He said, I've left you here on earth to fall, to grow in love with me so you can grow in love with others. That's the green on our, on our, our, our colors here. He said, so now that you know you have your wealth, he said, I want you to walk in it. <laughs> I want you to walk in. I want you to get in it. Well, that's awful kind of limited. Mm. Were you thinking that? It's kind of limited to walk in this right here. But how many of you ever walked for the Lord? Dude, he'll take you places you couldn't go any other way, but it is limited. In fact, he told us in the, Jesus tried to tell people when he was here, there's two kinds of paths. Hey, Kelly, what are the two paths? That way and that way. What are they called? There's a, help her out, Ben. There's a narrow path and there's a, and a wide path. He said, there's a lot of people on the wide path and where are the wide path people going? Hell, even though they're religious, even though they've got some form of religion, that's what he said. There's a narrow path. It's a limited path. It's a path that, that Christ has put you on. It, 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 there is one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. And, and it's, and it's 24-7. You're in this bucket. Now, when you give 
your life to Christ, positionally, you are in this bucket. No one can take you out of this bucket. You're in the bucket for good if you're really ever in it. If you ever see somebody who gets out of the bucket and they never quite come back, you know what I'm going to tell you? They were never really in the bucket. They were a lot like the four, the four uh, soils in the parable of soil, soil that Jesus talked about. He said, oh, the, the sower's going out to sow seed. He's on his way through the terrazzo. They had terrazzo back then too, right? And, uh, or, or did Florida invent that? Terrazzo's cool, right? And the seed, some of the seed landed on the hard terrazzo. And what happened to the seed that landed on the hard terrazzo? Yeah, birds ate it, man. It got, nothing ever happened. So there's somebody in here every Sunday, every Bible study, every time, somebody in some Bible study somewhere in some worship service that's going to say, yeah, whatever, boom. I, got, I have a drug problem. I got drug here today. <laughs> I don't want to hear any of this stuff. And, and, and again, you know, that's the seed. It's presented, but it lands on hard soil. It lands on the ground, and it never grew, never took. Somebody was never interested. And then he says, some of it, though, as they're going out, he says, some of it's going to land in this crack right here. And in the crack, what's going to happen? Oh, it's going to grow a little bit, right? But does it, is it going to thrive? No, sorry, it isn't even going to thrive even enough to grow fruit. It never grows fruit. It grows a little bit, but what happens to it when the sun comes up, y'all? Yeah, when it becomes tough to continue to live according to the Word of God. It could happen the next day, it could happen the next month, it could happen that whenever it becomes too tough, oh no, I'm backing off, I'm not living for the word of God. That's that soil. That's the seed that fell in a crack. And persecution or tough, it got too tough to live for Christ. And I'm going to tell you, according to that parable, it didn't grow fruit and Christians produced fruit, so that is not saved. Then what happens, he's going out there and as he's getting out to the rows where it's supposed to grow, some of it spills into all of the other vegetation. And guess what? It grows. But what happens to that? It, it, it starts growing and gets choked out. Because, oh, I'm going to give my life to Jesus, but I'm going to still give my life to this, and still give my life to this, and I'm going to still give my life to this, and I'm going to still give my life to this. And I, I can balance it all and keep all these plates spinning. Does Jesus want to be one of your plates spinning in your life? No, he's the plate. He's it. Here it is, spiritual blessing. When you get saved, dude, you're in him. And it's a narrow little bucket. This is it. But how many of y'all have lived in this narrow bucket and would say, dude, there's no other bucket I'd rather be in. This is the most exciting bucket to ever be in. In fact, when I'm in this bucket, dude, I don't want to go in any other bucket. This is my bucket right here. Man, I can go places in this bucket. I can't go any other way. But then the world lures you out. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it, no, that's where we need to stay. That's being filled with the Spirit. That's living in the Spirit. That's enjoying the fruit of the Spirit. That's staying uh, covered with the armor. So you got the seed that fell here. It, it, it hurt. It said, yeah, I don't need that. Another part fell in the cracks. Yeah, I'm going to live for Jesus until it gets too tough, and then I'm going to go back and live for the world in that situation. But I'll live for Jesus on Sunday. Maybe when I do my devotion in the morning, my God calling, oh, you know, I'll give me a little bit of daily bread, but then I'm going to stuff myself with the word, world's word, you know. I'm going to spend the rest of my day on Facebook or Oprah or is Oprah even still a thing? I don't, you know, Springer, I don't, I don't watch TV, but I'm just saying I'm going to fill my, my, my life with that. The next one that lands over in with everything else, it, it maybe gives life to Jesus for a little bit or gives us life to Jesus, but never gives this life to Jesus. Gives part of it. Gives part of it. 
Do you want him just to take the part that you give to heaven? <laughs> and of course, that ain't even an option for you. But dude, that's the crowded life. And those don't produce fruit. And a believer produces fruit, we're told in Scripture. But the last one, dude, Bill Cooper, good to see the coops here. And um, they snuck in, man. And, uh, and, and in great Florida tradition, your air conditioner was broke right when you arrived, right? Amen. Nothing like getting initiated back to Florida the right way, my brother. And anyways, so the farmer has got nice rows for all of his crops, right? And this is what's been prepared. This is what's been plowed. This is what's got the fertilizer. This is what's got everything to make it thrive. And the seed lands there. And, and what happens to that seed? Salma, what happens to that seed? It grows. And, and does your seed grow as much as jewel seed? And does jewel seed grow exactly like Sophie's seed? And oh, none of them grow as much as your mom's seed, right? They all grow different. Because God's made you different. But what's the unique thing about the seed that lands where it's supposed to land that actually is the saved person? They do what? They grow. And they produce fruit. Some a little bit, I don't know, what does it say? A hundred, a hundredfold, two hundredfold, whatever. You know, you can read it, but they produce. But the fact is they're producing fruit is what's going on. So you take your spiritual wealth. You've got to walk in it, man. And, you know, there's people in all three of those categories there. Coming and going, coming and going. And I will tell you, when you truly give your life at some point in time, when you surrender everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him at that point in time, you have eternal life. And how long does eternal last for? Forever. Sam, how long does eternal last for? Here, do this. When I say it, go forever, right? Come on, you're, you are the last cheerleader type person I know, man. Yes, forever. There you go. Here, look, everybody else will do it. How long does eternal life last for? Forever. Yeah. That's how long. When you got it, you got it. But you know you got it because you don't like living outside the bucket no more. If you like living outside the bucket, you better check that salvation. I'm not saying for moments, but he says in 1 John, all over the place, if you're always outside a bucket, maybe you're not really in the bucket. And again, it's not to make you feel bad. So it's to know because you guys understand, according to Matthew chapter 7, the saddest chapter in all of Scripture, in the middle there, he starts dividing people. And, and they're like, whoa, whoa, didn't I preach in your name? Didn't I? Dude, I was in your choir. Man, I, and, and, and really what he says they say, didn't I do great works? Didn't I do miracles? Didn't I do supernatural things? Well, I got some news for you. Just because something supernatural happens doesn't mean it's God Almighty. It can just as equally be Satan. And Satan, the most dangerous place for him is inside the church with people who aren't truly saved. And so just because you see mighty works, you better be checking them against the Word of God. Checking them against the lifestyle of the Word of God. And, and, and in that... Because those people are going to say, didn't I, didn't I, didn't I? And what does he say back? He said, be gone from me. I never, we, we didn't gnosko, man. I never knew you in the biblical sense. You and I never had an intimate relationship. You were never in my bucket, dude. You kind of hung out around the bucket. You kind of, you even carried the bucket, man. You kind of talked about the bucket. But you never were really in the bucket. You tried, man, Woo! you tried it, 
And when you were there, you're like, oh, praise Jesus, man. I got something for the praise yard. And then go right back to, you got to be in the bucket. So when you take your spiritual wealth, which is this, and you walk in it, that's Ephesians chapter 4 and 5, and that's where he says, ooh, be selfless, not selfish. Woo, don't be in charge, but instead submit. Submit. Do everything in your power to make those who are in charge, make them a success. Live for others, not yourself, because your eternity is already taken care of. And a whole list of things he tells us to do in Ephesians chapters 4 and 5 in the beginning of 6. Y'all remember the whole submit thing? Come on, line up under the mission God has for you in his kingdom. Whether it's in your marriage, it's your job, it's in your family, line up under that mission and so on. So he says, when you take your spiritual wealth and you walk in it, dude, people are going to say, oh, dude, you're off. You're walking in it. What are you doing? Submit. What are you doing? Obey, man. Look, you know, well, uh, let's give the boss eye service. <laughs> hey, you owe it to yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't love anyone else. That's another lie straight out of the pit of hell. Because God says that, number one, the first commandment, love me with what? What do you love God with? Everything, all your mind, all your heart, all your strength, with everything. You love him. And then the second commandment, Jesus summed it up. He said, well, if you do that, the second commandment is to love what? Others. And you get the residual back on that. How many of y'all dig when you're loving God and he's causing you to love others? How many of y'all like that phase of life? How many of y'all like being in a bucket then? As opposed to you know what? I'm just going to take care of me. I need some me time, some me stuff. This is me, 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 me. Mine, mine, mine. Alana uh, the other day, she was saying, mine, mine, mine. She's two years old, mind you. Aren't you glad you don't act like a two-year-old? Aren't you glad the person next to you don't act like a two-year-old? <laughs> How many of y'all act like a two-year-old? Say, mine, 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 mine. Yeah. Oh, you're pointing at your son right there, man. You know when you point one finger, four, three are pointing right back at you, right? But mine, 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 the seagulls on Nemo. Y'all ever see that where they all get stuck to the sail? Mine, 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 that's it. It's much better to live in this, where you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and he calls you to love others. It's a, you get to see cool stuff go down that you can't explain. That's why you're sharing it, right, MJ? Yeah, some psycho dude could have that took me out, man. I did pray with my eyes open. I'll give you wisdom there, right? But with cool stories, that's why we share them. Because this is what God wants to do when you're living in this bucket here. So you take your spiritual wealth, Ephesians 1 through 3. You walk in it, Ephesians 4 through 5. And if you do, you will encounter spiritual warfare. You want to think of those little demons like little noceums? Go ahead. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. They're attacking you, and the only place they ain't going to attack you, or, or they, they can't totally get you, is right here, man. God's protecting you. But if you do get bit, it's by his design to make you more like him or give him glory in all of that. So you will encounter that spiritual warfare if you're living for him. Jesus said, all those that are godly, all those that live righteously, they're going to be what? Persecuted. He, he, Jesus made out a promise. He said, all those that live righteously will be persecuted. So if you ain't been persecuted for your faith, what does that say about your righteousness? I didn't say it. He did. We have found a way to kind of like, okay, I got my church. I got my righteousness. I got my righteousness. Oh, in this group, oh, yep. <laughs> you know, okay, so you know I'm a Christian. All right. 
but I'm living out here. Oh, in church? Okay, well, depending on what church you go to, you might be here. And you might be here. I'm just saying. But here's kind of that whole thing. But you are going to encounter the spiritual warfare. So let's take a look at, again, uh, I preached on it last week, and I didn't feel like I made complete sense. God gave me this illustration to really hit the first in the, the first three, a uh, couple of three verses in this. So he, so in this, since you know that you have wealth, and you know that if you walk in this wealth, there is going to be warfare, let the Lord make you strong. Your strength is impotent. You cannot fight against the devil in your strength, and that's what many people are teaching people. We'll see that in a minute. Let the Lord make you strong. Because he's got an unlimited reservoir of might. So this is his reservoir of might. Hey, Chuck, how mighty is God? Almighty. And if God is almighty, how much might does he have? And Scott, if he's got all the might, how much do you have? None. You You ain't got nothing. This is almighty God's bucket of might right here. This is it. So if you need might, when do you need might? Anytime you've got an attack, when are the no-seams attacking? All the time. And so, man, you need to be in here. And how much of you needs to be in here? All of it, all the time. This armor of God isn't something you just throw on when you got a little, you're, you're like you got a football game, so I'm putting a uniform on. <laughs> no. So you let the Lord make you strong with his unlimited reservoir of might. By continuing to walk in your spiritual wealth. Do you know what your spiritual wealth is? It's the desire and ability to do his will. That's what grace is. You know what your spiritual wealth is? God's might getting you through anything that he has put you in. Because everything we know, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for what? Good to those who love God and called according to his purpose. Now, does that mean, oh, all things are going to be good. I'm going to feel good about all. No. The good, according to the next verse, is that you become more like him. You realize who you really are in him. He's stretching you. So you become more like him. And if you don't want to become more like him, chances are you really don't want to become like him in heaven because that's what you're going to be exactly like in heaven. So the good, we know it's all here by his design for our good and his glory. And every time... You succumb to being more like him through his grace. He gets glory in heaven. They're worshiping. Remember we learned in Ephesians that the angels, they don't need to be saved because they weren't lost. But they're learning about redemption through us. So when they see Julia do something spiritual, not only is Sean like, oh, that's the glory of God because I know Julia. No, I'm just joking. They're married, so. But I'm just saying... Dude, the angels have been watching you your whole life, and they're like, holy smoke. Literally, holy smoke. All right? The real holy smoke. They're they're like, holy smoke, did you see what she did? God, you are awesome, because in the flesh, she would not have done that. The only reason she did it your way is because you gave her grace and the desire and ability to do it. You know, every time you do what God wants you to do, the angels are blown away about God's grace. They're learning about grace. Every time you make the right choice, there's worship going on in heaven. And then we're getting, uh, according to the book of Ephesians, which we're learning, on, or I mean, uh, Revelation, we're learning on Monday nights, you get a Stephanos, a crown for a victory. And the only reason you get victory is because of who? 
Spencer, who? What's, who's the only reason? God, yes. You have nothing to do with that victory. I don't care if you are seven feet tall, you and your brother, but it, the, you, he gives you that victory. And in heaven, dude, I think that's what a lot of heaven's going to be. We always, we, hey, y'all have been in a study with me on Monday night. Uh, Chuck, when are they ever worshiping God? When are they worshiping God in heaven? All the time. God's like, oh, watch this, Bob. Oh, my gosh, y'all remember Bob, right? The Bob, you know, and, and, and Bob did this, and he got a victory because I gave him the desire and ability to do this, and everybody in heaven goes, whoa, you know, Chris. Oh, hey, watch this on the video screen, man. I, I, I don't know what technology they'll have, but oh, my goodness, Chris, y'all remember Chris? Hey, let me show you a, a, a picture of Chris's life. When he was growing up, a picture of and then now look, here's the opportunity, and look what Chris did. Everybody says, Oh, glory to you, God. If you can get Chris to, and Brandon, and any of you that grew up thinking you never sinned, you're the worst ones. We all at least knew we did, man. Y'all are like, No, I've been perfect since I was a kid. How long have you been a Christian? Oh, I've been a Christian my whole life. No, you haven't. You've been a prideful sinner until you realized pride is sin. And I'm doing this for myself and not for him. But one day when you realize you're a sinner and you've earned a free trip to hell and you're damned and you decide, God, because he gave you the desire and ability to say, God, I surrender my entire life to you. You're my only hope of heaven. You're my only hope of success here. Success being what you called me and created me to do. You're my only hope. And you surrender it to him at that point. That's when you get saved. Whether you came out of jail or you came out of Sunday school, I'm saying, who needs to be saved? Who needs to be born again? Everyone. That was Nicodemus's deal, dude. Huh. Evidently, you don't know who I am. I'm a Pharisee. I've memorized five books of the Bible. I've, got, I've done this. I fast three times a week. I, I, I tithe all of this. I've, he said, yeah. And I'm a Jew. He said, yeah. Well, that ain't going to cut it, bro. That's why you need to be born again, born from above with new desires to now glorify God instead of yourself. So whichever end of the spectrum y'all came from, dude, you need to be born again. And, and so let the Lord make you strong with his unlimited reservoir of might. And the way he does that is by you continuing to walk in his wealth. And you say, well, that's a bunch of opinion. Well, I want you to see the scripture. He says, finally, look at this. In 610, we preached on this last week, and we should get through it and through the next part today. <laughs> but he says, finally, and when Paul says, finally, it's really more like a therefore. Because you have all this wealth, because you're walking in it, there's going to be warfare. So, therefore, here's how you do the war. He said, before he gives us the armor, he said, first, y'all got to know how to use it. You got to be equipped to use it. First, you got to like kind of know what to do with it. And you don't know what to do with it until you really to, truly surrender to God. No, no, give me the armor. Give me the weapon. Give me the, you know, give it to me. Uh, no, no, it starts, be strong. He said, be strong. Battle's coming, be strong. But you don't know what to be strong out here because out here, me compared to Satan and all of his vast army that we're going to, see a, a glimpse of, of how strategic and powerful and dominating this world is, me compared to him, who's going to win? He is. He's going to kick my tail every single time. So he says, be strong, but in the what? In the Lord. 
and, and, and let him give you strength from his might. But where do you have to be to tap into his might? Yeah, positionally, I know you are there, but practically speaking, since you've been saved, have you ever tried to do things in your own strength? Yeah, how'd that work out? <laughs> Again, I, I, I'm right there with you. I give you stories. So he says this armor, and not only do you need to be in here, but this is where your armor is. Your armor is his might. Every piece of armor is coming from in here when we do get to the armor. Again, we have this idea that, okay, I'm carrying on this armor. Oh, I'm getting ready to get hit in the head by Satan. Let me put the helmet on. No. Dude, you, every bit of what you're going to need for a spiritual battle is in Christ. Pra positionally, you're in Christ. Practically speaking, a lot of times we're not. And he says, you got to stay in here. So be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Let God be strong. Let God give you strength, but it comes from his bucket of might. His bucket of might. Is there any? Again, Chuck, how much might does God have? And if he's got all might, how much y'all got? So where's all the might? It's in God's bucket. And if you want any of that might, where you got to go? And you don't get to go pick and choose like a little clearance bin at Walmart. You, what you got to do, you got to immerse yourself in it. In Haiti, y'all ever have to immerse yourself in God's might? In Fort Pierce, let me see Fort Pierce, man. I know we got a couple of you. Hey, y'all ever got to immerse yourself, Chuck, in God's might? I know y'all do in Port St. Lucie, dude. I, I'm from the Ford. I stay out of the Port. It's too dangerous here, man. Dude, there's too many people in traffic. I'm going to cause trouble, man. But I'm just saying, is there anywhere you can go that you don't need to tap into his might? No. That's what he's saying. We're like, no, just give me the uniform. Give me the, just give me the tools and I'll put them on. This is the beginning. If you don't understand this, you, the, the armor will be worth, it'll be nothing more than a Halloween costume for you. It'll be nothing more than some little bit of knowledge that you can teach some kids with. Oh, and we have the breastplate of righteousness and we have a belt and shoot. No, dude, that's why we're not using it and we're getting our tails kicked when he's given us everything we need to succeed. So now what you need to know is that this armor is all or nothing. It's all or nothing. It's not that football uniform that the athlete puts on for the game and then takes it off and lounges around. Whoo, glad that's over. As a, as a Christian living in this world, Kim, is it ever over? Not on this earth it isn't. When is it going to be over? When we go to heaven. And then we get to celebrate with everybody who has found victory on this planet because of Christ and all the victories. I think every victory you have is going to be brought back up again. Remember that? Whoa, God, you're awesome. And then we're going to be hearing victories from people all over the universe of all time. And we're going to be seeing him and get, he gets all credit, all glory for all of it because it's all because of him. How many of y'all want to be reminded in heaven of some victories that you had on this planet, and then you know it's because of him? You're just like, oh, dude, yep, because what was going on in my mind? <laughs> dude, I was getting killed, and then you came through, God. Woohoo! That's what we get to hear on Sunday mornings from you guys. Imagine what it's going to be like in heaven, because again, Chuck, when are they worshiping in heaven? Always. You just read it in Revelation 5 and 6. Always. 
and Jesus did this. Ah, everybody bows down and worships, and holy are you, worthy are you. And, and then God does another thing. Oh, worthy are you. It's worship, and it's not forced worship. Well, now's the time to service where we stand up. My God is sing. Oh. All right, everybody else is clapping. I might as well clap too. No. Have you ever been in a position where you just are like, praise God, and you're clapping because you know it's true, and you're singing worship to him? I was telling somebody this morning, we don't have this service. We don't design this service for the lost, and I don't design, we don't design this service for the saved. You know what we designed this service for, y'all? For God. And if we lift him up, he brings all people to him. I want you to know how almighty God is. That's what I want. I want you to know how almighty God is from his word. Because when you got a big, mighty God, dude, you're walking through this world bold, knowing that the worst they can do is kill you. When they kill you, you go to heaven. <laughs> and anything you go through is going to make you more like him and give him glory. And you ain't worried about it, are you? When you're walking with him, when you're in the bucket. But look at this. Know that the armor's all or nothing. You will suffer severe defeat without it, but you will be undefeated with it. Check this out. In Ephesians 6, verse 11, 12, and 13, he says, put on. And again, the Greek word for put on, it's not like, oh, hey, I see a battle coming. Let me put some shoes on. You know? Hey, I see. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on, Satan. Let me grab a sword. <laughs> Now, when we get into the armor of God, you're if you're constantly, Devin, I got your name right. Devin, Devin, Devin. Gavin's the one who messed your name up to begin with, man, with me. Gavin and Devin, man. I just got, and then I called you, what, Dustin the other night? But Devin, you know I love you, bro, and I know, I, I see you on the inside, man. But you, Devin, if you're in battle, when do you need your armor on? All the time. Did you ever say, oh, enemy, hang tight. Let me, get my, let me get some armor on. Let's make this a fair fight. No, that's a woke fight, and that isn't reality. <laughs> no, dude, if I'm the enemy and you ain't got your armor on, dude, I'm going to sneak up and attack you when you don't have it on. We got to. So put on is this, in the Greek is a sense of permanence. It's a sense of that it's, all, it's, it's a lifelong experience. It's not like, oh, now take up your sword. That's what the Greek, that's what the Roman soldiers did. Or, or they laid around and then they put this on. All the stuff we taught kids erroneously. Paul was next. He was chained. He's writing this from prison and he's chained to four soldiers. Do you think they had their armor on? Where do you think he's getting his illustration from? He's sitting there and he's like, whoa, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Oh, yeah, oh, the shoes. Yes, that reminds me of my salvation and my firm footing. <gasps> the sword, that's what we fight with. That's the word of God. Paul in prison being chained to four soldiers. He saw life from God's perspective. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? I mean, how many of y'all chained to four soldiers, smelly soldiers, that have language that you probably don't even appreciate or any of this. I mean, they're probably, you know, not being very nice. How many of y'all would actually see life from God's perspective in that? Enough where God can give you a great illustration to tell generations about the protection they have in him. You see, every situation you're in, God's got something for you to become more like him through and for, you to get, for him to get the glory. So he says, put this on. 
And when you put it on, it's a constant problem. If you have that no seam repellent, y'all, and all of a sudden you start getting bit right there, what does that tell you, Ann? Yeah. Woo! I need to. So, hey, Bob, throw me the no seam repellent. The off. You guys live in Okeechobee, dude. Y'all got mosquitoes there? Size of vultures, right? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah. Yeah, dude, these things have like diesel, like no suckers, man, blood suckers on them. You ever like, oh, you ever reach for the the bug spray a couple times while y'all are sitting out there enjoying things? Yeah. In fact, Bob's probably got one of them electric bug zappers, right? He's got everything you could probably have. But if you're missing some, if they're biting you again, what do you do? Put a little, you might be missing some. So that's why he says put on, how much do we put in? How much do we put on? All of it. But it is. It's all or nothing. If this is God's might, and I am like this, God has clearly in his word said, this is what my life is supposed to be about. This is clearly what I'm supposed to do. And yes, I've got this whole leg, this whole side. Glory to God. But I got this one out. What's going to happen here? You know there's something God wants you to do, and you're not doing it. You know there's a stronghold. You know there's that one little area of your life. And again, we're not perfect. And it's not a matter of being perfect. It's a matter of not getting your legs shot off, (laughs) y'all. Does that make sense? What happens when you got this, oh, you know what? I'm trusting God with 90% of my body, but I got 10% of my life that I'm not trusting him with. What's going to happen to that 10%? What's Satan going to go after? The 10%. How am I, that's why he says, put on what? Look at it. What does he say? The whole armor. And what armor do you put on? Whose armor is it? Think about that. I got armor. Oh, you know what? I listen to Joyce Myers. I listen to, I don't care who you listen to. I listen to this. I listen to this. I listen to this. It's good to listen to it. But you know what? And I ain't saying it's good to listen to Joyce Meyer. But I'm just saying that's a whole other topic right there. But, but listen, it's good to listen. I listen to Pastor Eddie. Dude, you, God, that's got to give me credit. I listen for two hours every Sunday. That's got to give me some credit, God. You know, but it's not any good for you until you do what? Put it on. Everybody lift your arm up, man. Stick your nose right over here. <laughs> How many of y'all use deodorant this morning? Now stick it in the net, armpit of the one next to you. Did they use it? Did it matter if they had a 55-gallon drum of the junk at home? No, what matters is they did what with it, Chris? They put it on. And again, you've heard this illustration from me before. And you know how deodorant don't work on some people? Yeah, they're like, put your arm down. Okay, I will. (laughs) The Word of God works on everyone, y'all. You listen, you listen, you learn, you learn, but you really don't own it until you apply it. You apply it. And so in here, put on the whole armor of God. Get in his might. I am going, in fact, the very first, (coughs) you know, we're going to get to this later and we'll go in more detail. The very first piece of armor, he says, is gird your loins with the truth. Gird your loins means pull your skirt up, tuck it up under your belt, Put your sword on. I'm ready to fight. I am going to live by the truth today. Making that commitment. I'm going to live by how much of the truth? Well, all but this part, because you know that guy at work, man. (laughs) All but this part, because, well, you know that situation in life. It's complicated, God. Do you understand it's complicated? I I can't do this your way, God. It's just not going to work. 
Huh? How many of y'all ever said that to God? How many of y'all saying it right now? There's something God says, and you're like, God, you just don't understand how complicated it is. God, it's going to be harder. God says, yeah, that's how I get glory. That's how you become more like me. Get that leg in there. Get in his bucket, man. All of his might. Because if you don't put the hole on, you got this little piece out there. What's getting attacked? This piece. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So if you don't put the armor on in the area you don't put it on, what are you not going to be able to do? Stand. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get knocked down. And you're going to get knocked down. And soon you're going to look for another solution from the world as to how not to get knocked down. I tried, God. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I've been a pastor 30 years, man. I know a lot of people. I tried God. I tried God. <laughs> I'm trying God. Well, wait, I tried God. This is how we try God. No, this is how. You don't try God. You get the opportunity to be in God. He's not cutting some deal. Oh, give me a shot. Let me see. Let me here. See if I'm their best option. No. When it says fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, this time doesn't mean you're afraid that he's going to whack you with a giant fly swatter. Fear means he's the expert at what? He's the expert at everything, which means you're the expert at what? Absolutely nothing. So, oh, but God, you don't understand this situation. God says, yes, I do. And I understand you're going to utterly fail. You're going to be severely defeated in this until you get it in here. I don't care what other victory. Hey, how many of y'all have ever had one part, one, one bone broken? Break your foot. What a part of your body, what part of your life does that affect? Yeah. Get stitches in your head. Get one ear cut off. One eye poked out. How much of your life does that affect? Yeah. Why are you not getting this in here and I'm preaching to me? Put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He's for real. He doesn't even have to do it because we're going to see he's got a world system. This world system is of him. And you have flesh that when you're not walking in the spirit, it wants to follow the world system and do it that way. And he's happy to make it accommodating for you. But it still ends in utter defeat. But look what it says. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against. What are you standing against? What's that next word? The what? The schemes. So if you ever shoot guns, there's shotguns, there's rifles, man, right? Take shotgun, and, and, and again, this is like, like don't, you know, people think, oh, for home defense, I got me a shotgun, man, and all I got to do is just wake up, you know, and it shoots this big old thing. No, it doesn't. Buckshot's still going to be this big. And every bullet has a lawyer's name on it, so I'm just saying. But, but you take it and you put a big wide choke on it, man, it goes, spreads out, right? And we have this idea that that's what Satan does on society, and he does. Because it doesn't take much to trip up society. Have y'all learned that since 2020? What did he start with? Daggum toilet paper, <laughs> right? Let's make a toilet paper. Let's get some greedy people to take all toilet. How many of y'all did freak out a little bit about toilet paper because thought of corn cobs was just too much for you? I'm just saying. Literally, it doesn't take much. He knows sociology. How long has he been watching people, Scott? 
dude, is he better at watching people than you? Yeah, that's what I miss most about the malls. I used to watch people, man. But, but yeah, he knows if I do this, people are going to do this. If I do this, and people who aren't believers, dude, they're easy to be led around by the nose because they're led around by instincts and by desires and not by a Holy Spirit inside. Christians are only led around that way by fear when they get outside of their faith. Amen? That's why we got to stay in that faith. So we think that the devil just goes, and there's a whole thing on society. But you know what this word schemes is? It's a Greek word that means method. Did you know, Sean, Satan, since the day you were born, because he's not omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, he's not any of that. But since the day you were born, he knew he didn't have you for eternity. He wanted to steal, kill, and destroy your life here. He has a specific method for you that isn't really for Julia. He's got specific, same with you, Sue. He's got a specific method for you. He's watched you. He knows what you're weak. He knows what lure you bite and which ones you don't. How many of y'all know that the devil has in the past dangled the right bait in front of your face and there you go? Yeah. You got to know that. You got to stand on guard. You need to be ready and not fall to that. I got it too. And he catches us unaware. But this is what it says, that if you're not in here, if you're not totally focused on God, when that bait comes, you're biting. If you're out here, guess what? <laughs> you can still bite. If you're out here, boom, it's your, your easy pickings, man. But this word, when it says stand against the schemes, the methods, the, the, the wiles, the King James says, the wiles of the devil, it's a method. Bobby knows your weakness. He knows your strength. Is he going to go after your strength? Only after he's totally killed you with your weaknesses and your strength isn't even your strength anymore. But you know how you avoid all that? You've got to put on the armor of God by immersing yourself in his bucket of might. Put on that whole armor of God. You'll maybe stand against the schemes of the devil. Without it, you are going to be severely defeated. But with it, you can be undefeated. JJ, how come this isn't working real quick? Can you get me the next one? Oh, there we go. It says, because look, and this is where people get hung up on spiritual warfare. Oh, is this a principality? Is this a ruler of darkness? Is Who cares? Who's running them all? And what's their, well, their goal? Their goal is to serve Satan and to mess you up, to steal, kill, and destroy. We have an enemy that is like a roaring lion that seeks to devour you, Peter says. Who cares whether it was a principality? Or, you know, I'm going to tell you the, the solution. The best way to fight Satan is to follow Christ. Amen? All right, here, here's the key. I should write a book on this, man. You can write a book on it. How about that? The best way to fight Satan is to follow Christ. You follow him, you will be fighting Satan because that's who Satan's fighting against is Christ. And he can't do anything to Christ because Christ already defeated him. So the only way he can do anything to Christ is if he attacks us and we do it to Christ. You get that? Only way he can attack Christ is through you, not following him. Look at this. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You know what wrestling is? I'm not, if I get a fight with Bob, it's not, I'm not fighting with Bob. You know what I'm doing? I'm fighting with Bob being used by Satan <laughs> and possibly me being used by Satan. Obviously, it's the other person always, isn't it? How many of y'all think in a fight that's always the other person? Would you just quit being used by Satan? And if they said back, oh, no, I'm right. No. You know what it is? 
the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, patience, goodness, gentleness. Somebody ain't being used by the Spirit, and guess who it usually is? Who is it usually? Yeah, both of us. But you start with me, because who's the only one you can change? Yeah, you ever try to change your wife, man? Woo, dude, she ain't no diaper, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, you can't change anybody else. You can only change you. So look at this. We don't fight again. So when I've got a disagreement with one of you guys, it's like, it's not with you. It's really, I got to realize that, man, my pride is getting in the way. Their pride's getting in the way. And we pray, or I pray. If they don't want to pray and they still want to fight, I can pray. God, change me to be able to get what you want me to get out of this whole thing what you want to have happen. But Andrew says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over all the rulers, the, the authorities, and the cosmic powers are all over what? The, this present darkness. That's the world we live in. That's the world. Julie, you were talking, we were talking out there, and I don't think I'm betraying confidence. She's like, oh, what's he going to say now? No. Yeah, you just did. No. Uh, she was looking at communism. We're, the very last step of communism is controlling food. Woo! <laughs> You've been to the grocery store lately? I'm just saying. This world is dark. The people, there's people who are elite. There's people in charge, even in your own business, where you work. Yeah. How many of you ever talk about the boss? All he cares about is himself. How many of y'all do that even in your own home? All they care about is themselves. I'm just saying we live in a dark world. We're fighting against Satan's world. And out here, we're going to get our tail kicked. We're not going to succeed. This is where we succeed, being in him, knowing whatever comes in our life is by his design. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but by against, against the rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers, present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Our biggest enemies are not the enemies we see. It's enemies we don't see. Go read the Bible. Who is that, Elijah or Elisha? One of those guys. Man, they had some king chasing him. Y'all remember the story? It was one of them, the, Elisha, I think it was. And he had a little guy with him, young guy with him. And they, went, they were camping in Dothan, all right? I know that. And it wasn't Alabama. It was Dothan. And they were camping. And all of a sudden, the, 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 their enemy's army surrounded him. The young guy wakes him up like, oh, man, wake up. We're going to be decimated. We're surrounded by this giant army. Y'all remember the story? Anybody read that story before? No? Dude, y'all need to read that Old Testament. Man, I'll, I'll text it to you later if you ask me. what. A, but, man, I, I, they're like, we're going to get killed. We're done. And he said, oh, silly boy, there's more with us than there are with them. Y'all remembering it now? More with us. And the, the young guy's like, you senile old man. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking. Look, dude. Bam, 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 bam. And I see one, two, one, two. And what did the prophet pray, y'all? Open his eyes. What kind? Open these eyes? No, open his spiritual eyes. Because there is a battle going on in the heavenly places. That's why you can't see these until you need them. But once he opened his eyes, guess what happened, dude? Did he see? Oh, and what did he see now? He saw the old man was right. That there were thousands of God's army all around this little pipsqueak army from this human king. And he didn't have to worry about anything. Out here, all you see is the earthly outlook. In here, you master the heavenly uplook, y'all. 
In here, you see life from God's perspective. In here, dang, that's real confusing. <laughs> okay, God's in charge. Oh, no, that person is. God's in charge. Oh, no, look what's happening. God's doing. Oh, no. Uh, how many of y'all live that way? <laughs> I'm strong in my faith right now. And, ah! Oh, bless God. Ah! Uh, literally, get in or get out. Get in. Doesn't it say in the Old Testament, and both James and Peter both said, you'll have perfect peace if you keep your mind focused on him. It's in here that your eyes are open to see what's really going on and to see what God's really doing. In Haiti, what were you saying, JJ, or y'all were saying? Somebody brought it up. Ty B, what Ty B said. Now, you guys know Ty B is probably like, how old is he? Your age, Emily? We don't even know how old Ty B is. Oh, he's Ashley's age. He just started with no shoes, no nothing, and started going into schoolhouses after they were closed <laughs> and started wanting to share the gospel and teaching them English. And his school got bigger than the regular schools to now where he's got uniforms and, and he's using all of, their, all of their stuff for free and he's leading people to Christ. And what did he say in that letter, that little thing he wrote to JJ? Right now in the midst of all this craziness, more people are coming to church than they ever have. Amen. We're not fighting with each other. Don't waste your time fighting with people. Pray for them. Pray for them. And pray for yourself to make sure. That's, that's me, dude. If I'm fighting with other people, first I gotta be, I, I'm going to pray for them, but then God's like, oh, yeah, what about you, bro? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> What, me? Oh, come on. Yeah, yep, you. And guess what? Now Satan loses that spiritual battle. Next verse, I think we're done here, man. Maybe this might it. So he said, therefore, and he repeats the same thing again. Take up the whole armor of God. How much do you want in here? And when do you want it in there, Chris? All the time, dude. So if you even, y'all remember, did y'all play? Uh, I know y'all had to play it. Uh, did y'all ever play like a game of lava, lava, you know, the lava game where if you touch the floor, Skylar's going, yeah, dude. It's like, I should have you guys come up and play lava now, but lava, y'all ever know the lava game? The floor is lava. And if you touch the floor, you're going to die. And ah, I just got, uh, did you guys ever play that as a kid? If you didn't, you never played that as a kid. You should play it as an adult. You and Phil go home, play lava, dude. Set up a whole obstacle course. It doesn't take much. Like, oh, no, we got to go here. Oh, no, Phil, you touched the lava, you know. And if it was real lava, you would know. But, man, I got to stay on my protection. That's what we're talking about here. This is what's going on. Only this is real lava, this is spiritual warfare that most of the world we know biblically is not even aware of. And many Christians are not aware. And if you went into a football game in the NFL this, evening, this afternoon and you weren't aware that you were in a football game and you were out in the middle, a baseball game, the Mets last night, right? You were, did you watch that game? I know you did. What if the Mets went out there and like, oh, what, the baseball game? <laughs> were they aware they were in a playoff game? Oh, you better believe they were aware of it. You don't, got a, you don't have a chance to win if you're not aware of it. But yet, most of us Christians walk through life right here. And when it gets really, really bad, okay, is this enough, God? 
<laughs> how much do you want to put on? Hey, how much? Yeah. And then you're in here saying, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. Okay, everything's better now. All right. Everything's better. All right. You ever done that? I know you have. It's human nature. Until you realize again, like, oh, okay, everything's cool. And Satan lets you get way out here. And then he brings down the gauntlet. And you come running back. You know, I know that. The book of Judges. Go read the book of Judges. Israel would be blessed by God by they followed him. Then they would take a step out. A step out, the prophets, you know, the judge. Somebody would say, hey, Israel, you're not doing what God wants you to do. Yeah, yeah, we got it. There's nothing bad happening. Look, there's nothing bad happening. In fact, Ecclesiastes says because things don't happen expediently, men continue to sin, you know, instead of trusting God. And then they get down and they're swinging. Oh, God, we're, 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 we're like slaves to this whole community. God, save us, rescue us. And he would send a judge, and the judge would rescue them and bring them back. Oh, and they would be all good again. You would think you would learn, Benjamin, right? But did they? Do we? God, we've got to, man. That's why we keep bringing it up. That's what Paul's saying. While he's sitting in prison, surrounded, chained to guards, oh, I got a good lesson to teach people for generations that the Holy Spirit just gave me. Put on the armor of God. He started, said, take it up. Now he says, take up again the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Without it, you can't stand. You think you're standing because you're judging your stance by the world's stance. Not by God's. There's so much he wants us to be able to be doing for him at this point. So, man, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. When's the evil day? And we're almost done. The evil day is any time after the fall. <laughs> after the fall of Adam and Eve. That's the evil day. And it's going to be fixed at the end of the tribulation period when now we have an Eden-like earth again for a thousand years. Anybody looking forward to that? Chuck, are you looking forward, man, to waves without pollution and not being overcrowded? And I mean, no, perfection, right? So he says, take up the whole armor of God. You may be able to withstand in the evil day. And look what he says, and having done all. All means you're in the bucket, right, Skylar? So whoo, I'm in the bucket, man. Now I can take it easy. All right. You know, now I don't have to worry about things, right? No. Because what's the enemy going to try to do when you're in the bucket, bro? Wouldn't that be a fun game? We should get your brother in the bucket and let, you try, let people try to knock him out of the bucket, right? If they did, Spencer, if you knew people were going to knock you out of the bucket, what would you be doing in the bucket, man? You'd be prepared. When? Okay, time out, time out, time out. No, there ain't no timeouts. Time out. Devil's going to knock you on your tail. In the bucket, you got to be prepared. And I'm going down like this, dude. I'm getting a lower sense of center of gravity than I already bring with me. All right? <laughs> I'm going low. like Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. You guys are like disadvantaged, man. You're like, doop. <laughs> you like them Australian pine trees, man. I'm like the sea grape. <laughs> but look at this. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and the day is evil. When is Satan not trying to attack you? He is, wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. He's like a roaring lion seeking to devour you. But greater is the one that lives in us than that lives in this world. Amen? In the bucket, you're good. And if you're getting hit in the bucket, it's by whose design? 
and he's trying to get you. What happens, dude, if I'm putting a lower center of gravity and I'm contorting and hanging on? Man, who am I getting closer to? God. (laughs) And isn't that what God wanted from the garden on? Isn't that what heaven's about? He just wants us closer. Oh, yeah, he's way up here in the clouds, man. Let me, you know, let me get, come on down. Let's get some intimacy here. Having done all to stand firm, which God have it all in. Amen? All right, look at this. This is our summary. So when you take your spiritual wealth, Ephesians chapter 1 through 3, we're not preaching through that again, and you walk in it, Ephesians chapters 4 and 5 and the first 10 verses of actually chapter 6, if you are, you'll know you are because you will encounter spiritual warfare. Like I told you last week, some old country preacher said, if you ain't met the devil today, you're probably going his way. You try to step out and take the next step for God, there is going to be opposition. But the fact is, is God's going to work through all that, and, there's, and he's going to have a cool story in all of that. So, because you know you have warfare when you use that wealth, let the Lord make you strong. From his unlimited res- reservoir of might, he's got this unlimited reservoir of might, and, and he's almighty, he's got all of it. You don't have any, except that the world's told you is mighty, but if he's got all of it, the world has none of it. But you do it by continuing to walk in your spiritual wealth. This is what lets you be successful. Know that this armor's all or nothing. You will suffer severe defeat without it, but you will be undefeated with it. Amen? And that's all I got to say about that. Let's pray. Father, I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. I'm so grateful without the name of Jesus and everything that Jesus did for me, I wouldn't have a sacrifice worthy enough to offer you, to be able to even pray to you. But because of what you did, Jesus, and you gave me a desire and ability, and Christmas 87 through June 27, 1988, you gave me a desire and ability to surrender everything I knew about myself to everything I know about you. I'm still in that process, but at that point, I gave it all to you, and you saved me. And because of that, I now can come boldly to the throne and talk to the one that is in charge of the tiniest atom to the most magnormous planet in the universe and everything in between. And I know that you love me, and I know that you have plans for me while I'm here, but your ultimate plan is for me to live in heaven with you forever and be part of the group that worships you for eternity. I know that's the same story for many here, but if there's somebody here that doesn't have that story completed yet in the respect that they've never really truly surrendered to you, they've, they've invited you into their little bucket, but they've never surrendered at all and got into your bucket. Father, I pray you would reveal that to them as only your Holy Spirit can do. Father, as we said in Matthew 7, so many of the church are going to die and go to hell because they never had that intimate relationship. And that's not your desire. I pray today you would give someone a desire they can't refuse to surrender everything they know about themselves, everything they know about you. But for those of us that know we have, I pray your Holy Spirit would show us how to stay in that bucket of might. Father, show each of us, bring conviction to each of our lives in the areas where we may have a leg in and a leg out. 
knowing that that leg is going to get broken, it's going to get squished, it's going to get crushed, and maybe in your mercy it hasn't yet. But this may be the warning that we have to do it your way. Father, help us, not out of some legalistic sense, but out of you wanting to protect us and rescue us because you love us too much to allow us to be hurt. You want us to bring that leg in. Father, convict us and bring us to that point where we want nothing more than to do it your way. Reveal to us the areas where we're not. But Father, aside from that conviction, I pray you would bring us comfort and encouragement in the areas where we are in that bucket. Father, maybe we're in the bucket and we're getting beat around. Help us to just squat down and have a lower center of gravity. Have less even vertically in this world and we're just all tied into you. Father, in heaven, we're going to do nothing but worship you. I pray our life here would become more like that. Father, give us a conviction. Give us the comfort. Give us the encouragement to do what you want us to do with this. Thank you so much for giving us this protection so that we can represent you in this world for the short period of time that we're here. Thank you for the promise of heaven. And I can't wait till I'm perfect and all these other folks here are perfect <laughs> and the place is perfect and we're with you a perfect God forever and ever and ever and I pray for these things in Jesus name